Hello there. We're back for episode 10 of Chatting Chippewas. Appreciate you stopping in. And I think this is going to be a really good one. The Central Michigan men's basketball team has started to play really well. Their conference record now four and twos. They've won four of their last five. Uh, they had a three-game winning streak in there, and they'll have another home game as we record this on Tuesday tonight against Miami with a chance to go five and two and jump over the 500 mark for the first time under head coach Tony Barbie as he tries to turn around this program here in year three. So we decided to bring in a couple of new faces to the program that have certainly played a big role in why Central Michigan has been able to get off to this winning start, and that's Aiden Rubio, the sharpshooter transfer from Macomb Community College. Uh, he has been excellent, leads the Chippewas with 28 threes, and he's shooting 44% from deep, which is top five in the conference. And then we talked to his former head coach and new assistant coach at CMU, it's Hassan Nizam. He was the head coach at Macomb Community College last year when the Monarchs went all the way to the championship game at the JUCO level. Didn't end up winning, but uh, from that great team, Aiden Rubio transfers up here and Coach Niz up here as well. So we get a chance to talk with both of them as they have played, again, a big role in helping CMU get off to this good start in this 2023-24 season. So we start with the sharpshooter from deep. Here's Aiden Rubio. How the heck are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, got a big win over Toledo last uh, last game, so feeling good. Yeah, let's start right there. I mean, you guys have turned it on of late. You're playing really well, 9-9 nine and nine on the season, and now 4-2 and two in Mid-American Conference play. And as you mentioned, you just beat uh, the three-time defending MAC champs. What's been working for the squad lately? Uh, I just feel like we're all we're all buying in. We're all starting to click click as a unit. A lot of a lot of first year guys to the team, new to the program. So, and we played a tough out of conference schedule. So I feel like we're just starting to hit our stride and uh, feeling more connected as a team. I've heard Tony say that that you guys are buying in and starting to mesh together. What do you think it is? Is it simply just being around each other and this coaching staff for the allotted amount of time? Is it as you mentioned? going through that gruesome non-conference, or what do you think the big proponent is of you guys kind of sticking together here? Yeah, obviously uh, being being together for this time, it's uh, made made us closer, obviously, and stuff like that. But like you said, like I said earlier, we're just all clicking. I feel like everyone's kind of buying into their role and what their aspect is to the team and just doing their best, doing their own, doing their job so the team can do their collective job. So everyone buying into their single role, I feel like has been being big for us. And part of that role for you has been knocking down some threes. I mean, going back these last, what, five games now, you're 15 from 26 from, from the outside, and you've hit at least two or more threes in every game. Is that – I know you're battling a foot injury. Is it you're healthy now, or is it simply, hey, you feel more comfortable on the offensive end? A little bit of both. I was dealing with that foot injury for, for a while, yeah, and then just coming back and getting my, getting my lungs ready, uh, going up and down the court. Uh, getting the game legs feeling good but then I'd say just being more confident in my shot and just trusting my work getting more reps up and just feeling I guess like I said more confident you have found a liking to the corner uh, <laughs> I think you hit both your threes from each corner against Toledo on Friday the second one though you were able to set your feet right in front of the bench how cool is that to knock one down and yes, turn sir. around and, and your guys are right there celebrating with yes, you? yes sir yes sir that, that, that felt good that felt good especially that that point in time was a big momentum swing in the game, and uh, I got a picture after the game of me hitting the three and everyone on the bench bench going crazy behind me. That, that's kind of the best part, seeing all the reactions and stuff from your teammates. So, and it's been pretty cool. The fan support first with Kent State and 
this Friday with Toledo and hopefully leading up Miami coming up, Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, the toilet paper toss. The fans are starting to come out. The students supporting, uh, starting to support you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The fans, that's, that, that's a huge, huge game changer for us, honestly. And just the whole program was when you get fans out and uh, there's more more excitement and more energy in the gym. And uh, it allows us to, I don't, don't want to say uh, take it more serious, but just it's just it's more it just feels better when the fans are in the building. We, we really use their energy to help us for sure. Yeah, it's it's been really fun here these last couple of years. We've seen some energetic crowds. Let's go back to you coming to Central Michigan. How did this happen? Uh, yeah, so I put him a comb last year under Coach Niz, who's now here. Uh, had a had a pretty good year. We ended up runner up in the national championship game, and then uh, I was getting recruited by a few schools. Uh, Central just was talking to me before the tournament and after the tournament, and then. I ended up taking my first visit here, and once I took my first visit, it was I knew I, this is this is a spot for me. So, yeah, after after Macomb, it just me and Coach Barbie, Coach Barbie recruited me a lot throughout uh, when I was at Macomb, and once I had my meeting, took a visit, and got to meet uh, the other coaching staff and some of the other players. I just, it felt good. What happened first? Did you commit here to CMU, or did Coach Niz take the assistant job? No, I was here first. I was here first. <laughs> he followed me, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like you still rub him about that <laughs> let him know that you came yeah. up here first. Yeah, I let him know for sure. So he had to follow you, his his sharpshooter, up here to Mount Pleasant. Uh, tell us a little bit, as you mentioned, playing at Macomb Community College for Coach Niz, first-year assistant, and having that special year, going all the way to the championship game and now being able to play under him here at a division one level yeah macomb macomb was huge huge for my development on and off the court uh being in the juco life man, it's everything they say there's no there's no there's not that many fans at the game we don't get that much gear you don't get all the spotlight all the social media stuff so it's pretty much just the back ends the wall every day and i feel like that uh built a chip on my shoulder like throughout that whole season so i, I just i can't thank macomb enough honestly especially my teammates other people i got to be around every day and taking making that run to the national championship was like uh almost surreal like it was unbelievable to look back at it and think that we, we actually got a national championship ring so macomb was macomb was special to me for sure out of all of your sporting accolades uh and you've played many sports growing up or at least a couple growing up uh was that run to the national championship the thing that you think of as being kind of the greatest, or have there been other moments uh, that have stuck out more than that? Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, I'd, I'd say that was probably the biggest one. Uh, but I mean, obviously, like I got to experience a lot of stuff throughout high school, playing football and being able to play uh, varsity basketball. I had my brother as a coach; I was pretty cool. But I feel like that Macomb run was uh, Macomb run was special for sure. All right, did the uh, did the coaching staff ask you at all about Coach Niz when they were, I mean, bringing up, were they like, what, what's this guy like? Should we bring him in? Or did you get any kind of any <laughs> really. fun before they got here? How'd Not you find out he was going to follow you? Uh, I mean, uh, they had been recruiting us throughout the season, so I feel like they had a connection with Niz and built a relationship with Niz throughout our Macomb season, just coming to practice and recruiting some guys from our uh, from our squad and just being around. So I'd, I honestly didn't know until Niz told me. He thought he, thought he heard some stuff, but, I mean, no one knows until it officially happened. So once it happened, he let me know, and it was just like, well, here we go again. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. We got Coach Niz on the podcast here, so I got to know, is, has there been any difference from him as a head coach <laughs> uh, to an assistant, or, or what's he like as a coach in general? Yeah, I, I, get, I get this question a lot uh, from my old teammates back at Macomb. He, he's different, a little bit different for sure. His role has for sure changed. Uh, 
he's not as uh I'd say aggressive and getting going all the time, getting uh getting yelling and screaming all the time, but he's for sure he's he's a good coach to play under. He uh demands a lot of his players and expects a lot and uh he gives a lot of a lot of attention and a lot of detail and uh stuff like that to his players. So I mean yeah, he he's he's fun to play under. Brutal practices and stuff like that, but he's for sure fun to play under. And did he recruit you to get to Macomb? Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, one of the assistants I was close with before recruited me to Macomb. I took a visit. I originally wasn't wasn't going to go. I wasn't even thinking about going to Macomb until uh, this was hit me hit my Twitter DMs, and finally I responded. And my dad wanted to go out to open gym, so I ended up ended up going there. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And as you mentioned, you you played basketball and football in in high school, and you went to Goodrich High School right there around the Flint area. So. Let's first start with basketball because you said you got to play for your brother, right? Yeah, yes, sir. My Whoa. brother. Yeah, like I said uh, earlier, my brother. Uh, from my sophomore year on, he was assistant coach for for our team. Was around the program. He had just uh, graduated from Elbian. He played college basketball over there at Elbian and played at my actually coached at my home. So he's been part of the game forever. But went to Goodrich, the same coaching staff, same head guy. So he came back and was uh, was coaching for us. So I, I got to be with him he was key in my development throughout high school for sure I imagine he's not only been able to help you develop as a coach but also give you advice as you mentioned he played college basketball and now here you are doing the same thing yeah like he I remember that he was the first guy who and like first guy who ever brought a scouting report to our program at Goodrich and like had like a full rundown of all the players and actions they run and stuff so he kind of introduced me to that next level of like stuff he's experienced and just trying to prepare me for it very cool. And uh, what what would you say, like, what what's the connection or the bond with you guys now? As you go into a game or you're grinding throughout the season, how much are you communicating with him, I'm sure, on advice or just how things are going in general? Yeah, he's still coaching at Goodrich right now. So uh, he's got practice and stuff every day. He's got games two times a week. So we talk often every every game day, every day, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I'll just – he'll just usually hit me before the game, how you're feeling. I'll just let him know and then ask me just – he tells me to go play hard and play the best I can and – Likewise to him, I mean, I'm close to a lot of guys who are still over at that school, so I'm invested in their program. So, uh, yeah, I wish him luck, wish me luck, and kind of do, do our things. With you guys both being so busy, do you get a chance to go catch any of their games? Does he get a chance to come up here and catch any of yours? Uh, he's came to probably like five of my games, five of the games this year. I've only went down to, I think, two. I went to the second on Heritage games not far away, and then uh, one closer back home in Beecher. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get to go sometimes. He gets to come sometimes, but. As any, as any chance we can, we we'll, we'll try to connect for sure. Okay, and then on the gridiron, uh, you scored seven touchdowns in a game before. Yeah, yes sir, yes sir. What what is Aiden Rubio? We know what we're starting to learn what you are as a basketball player, but how about Aiden Rubio as the quarterback of the high school football team? Tell us about what that looks like. Yeah, uh, played quarterback. My I was varsity quarterback last uh, junior senior year. Uh, broke some records at Goodrich. Uh, Football. I mean, I played football my whole life. Football was a big, big key aspect to me. Actually, uh, one of the Central Michigan receivers right now, Tyson Davis, is like uh, went to Goodrich with me. One of my best friends of all time. He was uh, obviously does what he does in the football fo- on the football field and and the basketball court. But yeah, football was a big, big aspect for me. I I almost played football in college and uh, yeah, yeah. Did you throw some touchdown passes to Tyson Davis? A few, probably, probably. Close to 30, 35 plus to him. Just him is so low. So, so maybe you helped get the uh, get him the scholarship offer then here at CMU on the gridiron. Yeah, you could say that. He he helped me get some looks too in football. I mean that he is uh he was real special. He, you see it now. He's coming back from injury now, and in, in, uh, in football he started dominating. But he I've known him like that for 
for my whole life, really, he's been that guy. How cool was it to see him get in the end zone the first couple of times here at CMU and, as you mentioned, come back and, and be healthy and play for the Chippewas for football? That's huge. When I was at Macomb, I was watching him on TV. Any chance I got, he, he scored a touchdown, I think, versus NIU. It was like the first one. He was going crazy. The end zone I was videotaping and going nuts. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see. Has he had a chance to come to any of the games, or is he yeah. kind of paying attention to what you're doing with the basketball team? Yeah, we talk, we talk a lot. He actually at the last game. First person I seen that came out of the locker room, dapped him up. Uh, yeah, but he's been, he's been coming to a few games for sure. I think like three or four. Okay, I, now I gotta know about this seven touchdown game. So what what do you remember? How did this happen? <laughs> because that's remar it's remarkable to get one, two, or three touchdowns, but get seven. How does yeah. that happen? Well, I think Tyson had three or four that game, so I <laughs> give him some credit too. But uh, and I was versus our rival actually in high school versus Lake Fenton. Uh, I ran two. I think I threw four. And uh, I think I'm gonna, I think I might have caught. I don't know if I caught one that game or not, but I was playing a little receiver sometimes. But no, nah, I think it, it was just a good game, good overall game. Football, football was uh, was really my first passion at first, uh, but I fell in love with basketball. So, but football, football was fun for sure. Yeah, take us through that because you mentioned um, you could have played and almost played football at the D1 level collegiately, yeah. and then basketball obviously comes in the picture, and here you are. So growing up. When did you start football? When did you start basketball? And how did you come to this decision that you were going to eventually play basketball collegiately? I mean, I was playing football and basketball at the same time my whole life. Obviously, my brother played basketball and football, so he's kind of like uh, was kind of like who I wanted to be like when I was younger, you know, play basketball and football. So I played football my whole life. My dad was a football player and stuff, so he was always my coach. I played football and basketball, like I said, throughout middle school. I went to Davidson and I transferred to Goodrich and played that. Like I said, then got to freshman, sophomore year. I was still playing both at the same time, but I had more success earlier in basketball. And then football came along, and I started playing better in there. I got a lot of Division One uh, recruitment stuff going on uh, my junior and senior year with that. And then uh, my junior year, actually, in basketball, we had a really special year. We are like, number two in the state, and uh, everything got cut off due to COVID, which was kind of tough. It was real tough at that point because we were I mean, projected to win a lot of games and uh, we had a fun team of like 22 and one or something like all my best friends were on that team and after that I mean I like, I pretty much made that decision after that after they canceled that I was going to pursue a career in basketball just because that's what I wanted to do my brother was the coach it just felt it felt more uh, I just felt I felt it more in my heart to play basketball than football. And do you still feel like today, as you go through your first year at the Division One level, that this was the correct choice? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Obviously, I don't know what what, what could have happened in football. Sometimes I still feel like I could go play football, but uh, for sure I feel like this is the right choice. All right, so let's go to you here at CMU academically. What What's the major, and if, if basketball doesn't work out, what are you looking at? Do you know yet on uh, what your plans are? That's a tough question. I, my, my major is in business and my minor is in entrepreneurship. I don't really have much of a plan. What I want to do, obviously I want to play the game as long as I can and be connected with, throughout the game as long as I can. But, yeah, for sure something in business in that in that area. So right now the focus is, hey, full-on basketball, try and make that dream happen. If not, you worry about it later. Yes, sir. Still, still uh, taking my classes and stuff serious here for sure right now. To have the highest GPA I can, but for sure, just right now, it's like I'm trying to play basketball for sure. And how do you like CMU outside of you know playing basketball, the campus, the spots you can go and relax, the people up here? What's your overall feel of being on campus for over a semester now? Yeah, I like campus. Campus is cool. Uh, there's some stuff to do, not not much to do, but I like to. <laughs> I like, <laughs> just gotta be honest. I I like it up here. I like to. 
me and Max, uh, Marley actually go to Texas Roadhouse probably like four times a week. Go get a steak. So we we're up there a lot. Five guys a lot. But I, I like. I like the people over here. I, I, like uh, my teammates and I are really close. Uh, everyone in the dorms are cool, so it's just been a lot of support and love. So I can't be that mad. You get the same steak every single time. Do you change it up? I mean, what is the Aiden Rubio special at T Roadhouse? Uh, at Texas Roadhouse, usually it's a uh, depends how I'm feeling. It's either a 12 ounce strip or the 11 ounce sirloin with a baked potato, strictly just butter, no bacon or none of that, and then. Uh, the side of steak fries on a separate plate so the steak sauce doesn't get onto the fries. Okay, perfect. So all the all the potato, though, for your sides. You get the baked yeah. and you get the fries. I'm a double potato, yeah. Okay, and then also, I mean, everybody loves those those rolls. Are you a big fan of those as well? I do. I do like the rolls. I do. Like the, <laughs> I don't like to fill up on the rolls. I, I learned my mistake. My dad is always telling me, don't, don't fill up on bread. Don't fill up on bread. But I try to get a roll or two in every time, yeah. Well, the good news is if you do fill up on bread, you, you can always take the main course home. Right. You got the leftovers, which yeah. is the best thing. Yeah, for sure. This team seems different. I mean, I've, I've had a great opportunity to watch a lot of Central Michigan squads uh, coached by Coach Barbie or in the past, and you guys seem like you really like each other. You are connected. You're enjoying playing together on both ends of the floor. Do you feel that, and and if so, why? What is it special about this group of guys? Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel it. I feel like we all feel it. It's, uh, I think it's just a collective group of guys who want to have the same have the same goal and the same plans, and just giving themselves up for the team instead of looking out for their best interests. Is what the team what the team wants first. And obviously, we're all close, spend a lot of time together and stuff like that. But when you all have a collective collective goal and collective good, it's something special can happen. It seems difficult now, especially at the mid-major level, where you don't have a ton of continuity. I mean, there's 12 new players on this team this right. year, and you guys are all kind of meeting each other. I know you, you most of you probably met back in the summer, but then you go through summer and you go through uh, getting ready for the season, and now you're in it. But to come together so quickly and be able to have some success, that seems pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, we all we all were met in the summer, got here early in the summertime, and uh, – but when you list somebody, I mean, it's been like what six, seven months we've been here now. You, you get to see them every day, and it's just like uh, becomes like a second nature bond. Honestly, it's just like you know what they're doing, you know what we're doing. And it's just like everything's continually flow. You know, like that first month is like you're still learning everybody out, feeling everybody out, and especially when you start traveling for season and stuff, it's it's tough at first. But once you start getting getting comfortable in the field for everything, it it it, it works out. Are you having fun coming to the gym every day, getting an opportunity to compete, and then playing games? Yeah, yeah, it's fun for sure. It's obviously a different different type of lifestyle than any other basketball I've been a part of. Obviously, just taking the next step up, just the everyday the everyday stuff. But for sure, having a smile on my face every day, coming in, especially to be with the guys, and just getting prepared every 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 day for that next for that next challenge. So, what were the goals for you, either individually or or team wise, coming into this season as you go from high school and you go down and you play coming from uh, a JUCO squad to here at CMU. What kind of mindset did you have coming into this season? Uh, I mean, I've had a – it's my first year playing Division One basketball, but I've been been around basketball a while now. Like, outside of high school, I had a year, a postgrad year in Florida, and then I came to Macomb last year. And then getting to – I didn't really have many, I don't want to say, like, expectations and, like, Obviously, I had some goals of what I wanted to do and stuff, but it wasn't like I was like had a set number of points, had a set number of this. I wanted to be part of a winning culture and a winning team, because that's why I came from from Macomb. And it's just like I know I didn't average the mo I didn't average a lot of points at Macomb. I averaged like 12 points, but it wasn't like 
since we won, everyone got that got that same love and attention. So I was like trying to put my put everything I can into winning. Just having an opportunity to to sit down and talk with you right now, you seem pretty laid back, reserved. Is there a a switch that flips for you when you get out on the court and you're out there competing? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just a, just a little more locked in. I I'm actually trying to change my my game my game day routines up lately, just because I feel like I was getting too jittery and too almost too hyped up and too like putting too much pressure on myself before the game. So I just I have that have that instinct for sure, especially when you get the game flowing and stuff like that. You flip to the switch, but yeah, I try to stay cool and collect as much as I can. What is the most recent Aiden Rubio game day routine? What are you doing to <laughs> get prepared for those 40 minutes? Uh, got to get my little 30 minute nap in after after pregame for sure. Uh, I don't. I have recently not been getting up a lot of a lot of ton of makes up before the game. A lot of shots. Been doing sticking to the same routine, five makes each spot, and then getting out of there and getting rest, and then uh, been changing up my music. I actually, actually, I've been more of listening to some more like Michael Jackson type type stuff, okay. like little T Pain, like some 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 stuff that's not getting me so like the new rap culture. You know how it is; it's it's crazy. But I'd say get myself more laid back and uh, just taking a deep breath rather than trying to get trying to hype myself up. Just just it is what it is. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Yeah, give the old music some chance. Uh, some yeah. chance here. There's some good stuff back in the day. For sure. Yeah, I've been. I was scrolling through Instagram and seen a Michael Jackson dancing video a couple like two weeks ago, and ever since that, I've been just listening to stuff like that recently. Now, what kind of do you, do you have any <laughs> dance moves yourself? No, I'm not. I'm not much of a dancer. Okay. I'm not much. I'm not no BT and Pritch can dance. I'm not. I'm not much of a dancer. So if you make a three, we're not getting any type of moonwalk celebration. <laughs> Probably not. No, <laughs> no. You'll see me hold the three. That's about it. BT and Pritch, though, the best dancers on the team. I mean, I'll, you can say they're the best dancers. I don't know. They they like to dance the most. I'll I'll give them that. I'll give them that credit. We did see we did see some Pritch dance moves uh, after your guys win in the locker room against Toledo. That was pretty cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you uh, two dates. One of them, you're, well, goodness, I hope you know the one date. The first date is April 18th, 2003. Yeah. Yes, What's sir. What's that? My birthday. That's the day you were born. Yes, sir. Okay, now I'm going to give you March 20th, 2003. Do you know what happened on March 20th, 2003? March 2003, no idea, no. March 20th, 2003 was the last time Central Michigan won an NCAA tournament game. It was Jeez. against Creighton in Salt Lake City, 79-73. And then about a month later, you were born. <laughs> Does that drive you guys? Do you guys know a little bit of the history of how long it's been since this program has got to the NCAA tournament and how much you're hoping to change that this year, next year, whenever? Yeah, I mean – Earlier in the season, for sure, that was one of our bigger motivations. Was because Barbie would always be putting up at the banner and saying, "Like we haven't had, they haven't had this in a while here, and we have a group that's that that's capable. And uh, if we buy in, we can we can achieve those goals." Recently, it's just been day to day, just focus on how to get better every day, like that. But for sure, we know we know what this uh, what the what the what the past has been like here. But we for sure we're for sure hunting that. Have you watched any uh, Chris Kamen highlights? Did you know who he was? I mean, yeah. he obviously he was he was the main focal point on that team, but also a great NBA player too. Yes, sir. Yes, I, I'm familiar with Chris Kamen. I used to have him and play with him in 2K when he played for the Clippers for sure. There you go, yes, man. Sir. All right. See, the video games connect you back to back. You're also listening to some old school music, so yes, uh, you're well <laughs> equipped. Um, when did you become like a great three point shooter, or how did you develop that part of your game? Well, it's crazy. Cause my, back in high school, I wasn't really known for shooting. I was just kind of just getting downhill and being taller and longer than everybody, shooting layups and stuff. But I don't know. I feel like I've just been in the gym constantly, just 
just religiously in the gym all summer long, like the last five summers, I've just been trying to improve improve shooting as much as I possibly can. I don't, I don't know, just been in the gym, feel comfortable. Individually, as we sit here in the last week of January, and you've got you know more than a month and change to go, and and hopefully an opportunity at the conference tournament, and maybe a a trip to the NCAA tournament. What do you personally hope to achieve and grow as you finish out this season? I like to grow in all aspects of of the game, uh, especially just getting playing better defense, getting more physical, uh, just doing the little things other than just scoring. What impacting the game on uh, the little the little things on the floor, rather than just making a three or making making buckets, just impacting impacting the teams the team for winning aspects uh, i don't really have no no goals really i just i just want to win as many games as possible to be honest that's kind of been coach barbie's philosophy since he came here is uh, he's mentioned it unselfish play for each other but also defensively and that's where to me you go back to that second half against buffalo you guys have locked in defensively and from that point on I mean, maybe there was a point in the Ohio game where they got some buckets, but, like, for the most part, since the second half of that Buffalo game, you guys have been connected and playing really hard defensively. Do you feel that out there as well? Yeah, for sure. We, we've been defending and uh, having scouting report discipline a lot these last few games. Like you said, at the end of the Buffalo game, we played really well that half, still ended up losing the game. But since that half, like you said, we've been playing some really, really good defense, really uh, taking more pride in the defensive end for sure. Is that something that that you and and this team do? Like, it, defense is like an effort thing. So if you go out there, do you? It's not nobody loves to play defense, I'm sure. But like when you get stops, when you get an opportunity yeah. to keep the other team from scoring and build that momentum, that confidence, is that something you and got you guys enjoy doing? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's the best offense. I mean, the best offense you can have is early early offense, and how you get early offense is defense and blocking shots and getting the passing lanes, getting a good stop, and getting out and like you said, getting BT a dunk, somebody a dunk, getting the crowd going for sure. That's that's huge for us. Maybe you you already just answered my next question, but who is the best dunker on this team? Who would win <laughs> the uh, the dunk contest here at Central Michigan? Uh, it would be Shaden Simpson. It's not even close. Really? Yeah. And Brian Taylor would admit that as well. And he wouldn't admit it, but he'd be the only <laughs> one. He'd be the only one who wouldn't admit it. But for sure, Shaden Simpson, most bounce, dunks the hardest, floats in the air. Yeah, I got I got Shea for sure. That's a true freshman too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shea, he's an absolute he's an absolute freak. He can jump higher than I've ever seen. So I'd say Shea for sure. I think that's the cool thing too is is your rotation has shortened here over the last couple of weeks as you get into conference play. But there's some younger guys that you can tell they've got the ability and they're certainly going to develop and and be a part of this program if they stay here in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, I mean for sure those guys are those guys are just as important as anybody on the team. Honestly, they're here every day with us even though I mean they're not getting time in the rotation. They're still huge. I mean, I mean I don't even got to say how how big they are. They know, they know how big they are. Okay, what else does Aiden Rubio like to do? I mean, you're hooping, you're going to school up here. Uh what do you do for any sort of downtime to to get away and just relax for a couple minutes with how crazy your schedule is right now? Man, I I like to just I mean when I'm, when I'm relaxing, I'm either watching YouTube or just laying down. Honestly, <laughs> sometimes I'm on the game doing doing my schoolwork and stuff like that. But I'm a big Lions fan. Lions are in the NFC Championship, which has mm. like been an absolute miracle and blessing these last these last few weeks as a new Lions team. But other than that, I'm not I'm not doing much for real. We're all kind of uh, 
in, encapsulated by this Lions team. It's been yeah. so fun to watch. To I, I mean, you're younger, but you're still 20 years old. Uh, to see them win a division title, win two playoff games, and now be 60 minutes away from a potential Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, you and your buddies, I'm sure, yeah. like just have to be out of your mind going, what, is, what are we watching right yeah, now? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean – is you never I mean I can't even there's no words to even explain it like me and my dad and I was on the FaceTime with my dad last night we're like dude like are we kidding me right now like the Lions <laughs> can play for the Super Bowl this is like looking back at like three years ago we're like four and 13 so it's just like it's crazy just brought a whole new life to the whole state of Michigan not just not just the city of Detroit the whole state of Michigan's on fire right now so I'm a weirdo and have some superstitions. So, like, I've watched the last two games at a bar in Lansing, uh, and that's my plan again this next week. Do you do you watch it somewhere specific, or are you just watching it at home? Or no, I'm. Well, I got one superstition. I always have my line. I got a Lions little like, tight like sweatshirt that's like skin tight and it has like a little ski mask hoodie on it, and then I have put my JMO jersey over top. And then I that day I used to practice with my with my Lions shirt under the whole practice and. Every, mm-hmm. and the last two games it's worked so but yeah i make sure i got my lions gear on and then launch on my computer and just don't talk to anybody lock the door and just turn the <laughs> light off and just only person i'll, I'll call me, me and my brother and dad have a group chat we'll just say we'll say some stuff in there but other than that i'm locked in i love that okay so uh i think the early line is like seven or seven and a half they got they got to go to san francisco who's obviously had a great year do you think the lions get it done this week to try and get to the super bowl yeah the lions are going to the bowl i think i think we have enough to beat the 49 for sure they might not even have debo playing but as long as mcdc's got the guys fired up i don't i don't see us losing Okay, better matchup seems to be the Chiefs because the Ravens kind of punk the Lions in the regular season. Are, yeah. are you have a rooting interest in the <laughs> AFC game? I'd like to see Lamar, Lamar go. I like Lamar. The Chiefs have been there every year, and you know how the Chiefs are right now. They're getting they're getting a lot of a lot of love. So I like to see Lamar go in there and do his thing. Who's your Super Bowl champ here with the final four teams remaining? I mean, I got I got to go. I got to go the, the Lions for sure. I was going to kick you out if you didn't. But yeah. I just wanted to check in. Well, hey, man. Sure the Lions. Yeah. I look forward to, to watching the Lions and, and watching you and the guys. It's It's been a pleasure here to see you guys grow throughout what was, as you mentioned, a super difficult non-conference schedule. And then obviously a, a game against Buffalo where on paper it looked like you had a chance to win and you mm-hmm. don't get it. It's frustrating. But uh, to see you guys respond and – can't wait to see the the rest of this season. Best of luck to you. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate everything you guys do for for the program. All right, first year assistant Hassan Nizam joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate you having me, man. Is this one of your first times doing interviews? I know you're you're getting prepped to be an assistant coach, and I'm sure eventually a head coach one day. But uh, how many radio interviews have you got to do? Uh, quite 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 a few, quite a few. The uh, local media in Metro Detroit was was good to us during my time at Roseville and uh, Macomb Community College. So quite a few. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, that's awesome stuff. They covered you down there, but you've got an extensive background already, and uh, you're a young guy. So tell us a little bit about your background before you got here to CMU. Um, you know, most recently before I got to CMU, I was the had the opportunity to be the head coach at uh, Macomb Community College. Uh, prior to that, I was the head coach at Roseville High School. Was was fortunate to have that opportunity at 21 years old. And prior to that, um, you know, feels like so long ago, but I started coaching at Dearborn Fortson um, immediately after I graduated high school. Uh, always had a passion for, for, for coaching and learning the game as a youngster and kind of always knew I wanted to be a coach. Uh, didn't know what happened like that. You know, I was planning on going to play college basketball and then diving into the coaching career. But 
was fortunate. You know, I, I, I played for a really good high school coach, and he opened the doors and allowed me to come in the following year after I graduated and learned a lot from him about basketball and life and, you know, all those things. And um, spent a few years with him and, and then spent a year as an assistant at NAI School, University of Michigan, Dearborn, uh, back home. And uh, through those years was, was coaching AAU and had a lot of different opportunities and got to coach for the for the premier Nike ball club in the Midwest, the family um, got to coach some really, really good players and work with some good people. And, you know, like I said, you know, I was fortunate with some, to be around some good people and, and get a head coaching job so young and, and help build a couple programs. And uh, now we're at CMU. And where specifically in Detroit did you grow up? Uh, Dearborn, Michigan. Yep. Very cool. And you get the opportunity to, to coach uh, at the University of Michigan Dearborn as an assistant. And then I mean, 2017 to 2021, Roseville High School head coach. What were you, like 14 years old? My goodness. <laughs> no, I was, I was 21 when I got that <laughs> job. You know, it was, it, was, it was really cool. And I'll tell you, like, you're never really ready to be a head coach. And, and I don't think I was ready, but you kind of learn on the fly. And the thing that put me in, in, in a good position to have success there is my athletic director at the time was a former head coach. Our principal was a former head coach. And an assistant principal was a former head coach. So I was surrounded by all these guys who – have coached high school basketball and ran their own programs. So it was like first hour I could talk to this person about how to do this and second hour and third hour. So you when you're surrounded by the right people and, you know, up up to this date with Coach Barbie and our staff, I've I've really I don't take that for granted. You know, I've been I've been surrounded by some really, really good people over the years. Let's go all the way back. Where did this love for basketball and coaching begin? You know, the love for basketball started in the backyard. You know, my, my, my big brother, Frank, he's uh, three years older than me and a lot taller. I don't know if you saw, saw him in some games so far. but <laughs> So just getting my butt kicked by him in the backyard and just staying out there as late as I can to get better and better and better and put myself in a position to beat him. That's where it started. And, you know, just having, like, my uncle was a middle school basketball coach and just going to the gym with him and his teams. So I just always just grew up watching the watching the, watching the the game and, you know, just, just was attracted to it from a really early age and always wanted to coach. And, one of my teachers, you know, he, he laughed at me after graduation. I said, he said when, I was, when I was in fifth grade, I used to doodle up plays instead of listening to what he was saying and stuff like that. So it goes way back, and, uh, you know, it's just something I've always admired and, and wanted to get into and found that passion at a very young age. And you've been successful uh, head coach at Roseville, and then probably most notable, your stop before here at CMU. You are the head coach at Macomb Community College. Aiden Rubio, who we, who we have on here, was, was mm -hmm. on that team as well. You guys go to the championship game last year. Yep, yep. That was uh, it was a magical season, man. You know, we we had a lot of ups, a, a few downs. Um, you know, first I'll just talk about Macomb real quick. Like, it's a very special place, and I, I enjoyed every day working there because it was one of those places where everybody was pulling in the same direction. You know, and being a junior college, it's not the final destination for 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 your student athletes. So just having an AD and SID and everybody there that was, all right, we're gonna do everything we can to not only help you guys win ball games, but to help get these kids promoted and seen and, and you know just help them excel in life and not only in just basketball but so that's kind of what made it special and helped us you know like me see it as a situation where hey we could have a lot of success here um, but we also you know we, we tried to take advantage of that transfer portal a lot of those high school guys were having trouble getting four-year deals out of high school so we came in in there and you know created that path but we, I think we had 12 uh, 13 guys in our two years move on to the four-year level so that was great and you know last year was 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 big um, you know I learned a lot as a coach like you can never really be too high, too low. You know, we had one of our lowest points of the season. Uh, we lost the game at the buzzer to our rival, and then a couple of days later we, we, we blow a 20-point lead to another good team and lose, and you're like, oh, man, you know, and just, just, just kept sticking, trying to figure things out. We end up winning 13 or 14 straight and find ourselves in a national championship game. So 
the the learning lesson for me was, you know, you just you got to stay even keeled through the ups, through the downs, because you could always find ways to get better no matter what. Um, you know, my first year at Macomb, we went like two and a half months without losing a game. And then when we finally lost and you're like, you're asking yourself, did we get better in that two and a half months? Did we let winning kind of and then the second year, we just kind of had that approach where we were going to attack everything the same way every single day, regardless of outcome, regardless of everything, because at the end of the day, we're not doing a national championship. We didn't win one, but we got to play in the final day, final game of the season, which is, you know, something we'll always remember. And now as an assistant, I imagine it's a unique perspective. I know you've been an assistant before at the high school and at uh, the University of Michigan-Dearborn, but to be an assistant now at the D1 level after you've been a head coach, what's that like? You know, it's 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 pretty cool because like we were talking about earlier, I, I had the chance to be a head coach at a really young age, and, you know, God knows how many mistakes I've made that, you know, you look back at now, and I'll tell you, like, first off, you know, um, you know, it was a goal of mine to get to this level and work as an assistant coach at this level. And for me, it was, again, going back to surround yourself with the right people. I, I was sold on, 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 uh, on Coach Barb. You know, I believed in his mission. I've always had a lot, ton of respect for him from the outside looking in, seeing what he did at UTEP and with Cal and stuff like that. But just kind of seeing him being in state now and meeting him, I kind of felt like I want this is somebody I want to work for. This is somebody I feel like I can learn from. Now, that being said, now that I'm up here, I'm always kicking myself because, like, man, you know, everything I learned from him, I'm like, man, if I would have known this when I was a head coach, I don't think we'd ever lost a game. So <laughs> it's, it's, it really, it's just constant learning, whether it's from, from Coach Barbie, obviously, who has an extensive background um, in everything he's did. Coach Cherry, who's been a D1 head coach for nine years. Coach McMillan's been a Division One coach for 15, 16 years now. So, you know, they have, those guys have a wealth of knowledge to share. And, you know, I'm just constantly learning and learning and learning and trying to become a better coach every single day. Um, you know, and, and the biggest thing about about being an assistant coach, man, you work hard, be loyal, um, you know, fight for fight for your, your your culture, fight for what your head coach is promoting every day. So that's what that's what we try to do here. How did you get to CMU? Was there a connection with Smoke? Did you have a relationship with Coach Barbie, or how did you eventually get this job here? Yeah, so I, you know, so so Coach Barbie got the job at CMU at the same time that I got the job at Macomb. So he started coming around and recruiting our team and different teams in our league and stuff like that. So Coach Barbie probably attended seven or eight Macomb practices and five or and a handful of games while I was the head coach. So we met each other on a personal level, and I got to know him, and he got to know me, and I came up here and watched games and watched practices and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously I go back with Smoke with the family connection and being from the Metro Detroit area. And uh, shout-out to Smoke, though, man. He's at, you know, he's at Rutgers now, and he's uh, Smoke's a – He's an OG, man. He's, he's worked his way up, and, and he's doing big things, and he'll continue to do big things. But, um, you know, with, with Coach Barbie, we kind of met just through the recruiting trail and um, had a couple mutual people that, that, that I knew that were really close with Coach Barbie. And, um, you know, when the opportunity presented itself uh, and, and, and Coach Barbie offered me a job, it, it, it was the only question I had is when could I start? You know, I was, I was really ecstatic and uh, humbled and blessed. And, you know, every you know, and I can't even not explain it. It's something that was really, really um, – just really happy because it's it's really hard to break into the coaching industry let alone division one so i'm i'm i'll be forever grateful for coach barbie giving me that opportunity and you know i want to continue to pay it forward to to him by just you know working and doing things the right way here on a daily basis now aiden rubio wanted to let you know that he was here first and you followed (laughs) him so uh how about that though package deal i mean you got a sharpshooter and a guy that was a big part of your national championship 
uh, final game there that season, as you mentioned, winning that many games in a row. Yeah. He comes up here, commits, and then you follow him right here, get to coach him again. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a uh, that was interesting. You know, interesting process. So you know, Aiden came to us. He was at DME Academy in Florida before he got to Macomb and. You know, when we first when he first got to Macomb, there was a lot of buzz about his recruitment. He was a guy that, you know, I was fielding calls from Division One coaches before he got to Macomb, like, "Hey, this is a kid. If you take, we're gonna be all over him and all that stuff." So he, people knew who he was, and throughout the season, you know, people were talking to him and recruiting him. And then we go down to Danville for the national tournament. I mean, he was unbelievable. I think he had 25 on opening night and just consistently was helping us win Elite Eight, Final Four. Like he was, you know, it was a, obviously, you know, he was a big part of us getting there so and we come back from the national tournament I mean his phone's going off my phone's going off and it's all about his recruitment his recruitment and then big key for him was he wanted to stay close to home you know he's a big family guy he wanted to stay close to his family and he's unselfish you know he knew his family was going to come watch every single game home or away so he knew staying in state would give his family the easiest way to 15 16 of those times you only really got to drive an hour and a half so that had a lot to do with it but the the biggest part was um, the relationship that he built with with Coach Barbie, you know, and, and how he felt when he came on his visit and stuff like that. And look, when he asked me, you know, I I, I told him, I go, look, that's it's, it's a situation where if you if you if you look at the the the, the trajectory of the program since Coach Barbie, it's it's heading in the right direction, and it's something that Aiden, you could go and you could help them head in that direction a little bit quicker. You know, I believe in him as a player, and um, like I said, I don't, you know. I don't take Aiden for granted either. You know, he came to Macomb last year, and he made us a really, really much better team overnight. So he's he's a heck of a ball player. He's number two in the MAC right now in three point field goal percentage. So he got here first, but I was I was uh, riding his coattails right behind him. <laughs> now he said you're a lot more relaxed this year than you were last year as a head coach. Is that true? Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> that's true. You know. Uh, like you know when you're a head coach it's all uh it's all on your shoulders so it's a little bit different everything falls on you no yeah. doubt uh well this has been a, a fun season to watch so far you, you start this brutal non-conference you guys are going to creighton you're going to ohio state you're going to florida state i mean bada bing bada boom and yep. then finally you get into conference play and it it looks like you have a very winnable game right off the bat against buffalo they only have one win they clip you but since then, you've won four of five, including three straight. What's your uh, kind of pulse on what's going on with this club right now? Yeah, well, you know, that non-conference schedule was, was, was phenomenal. I mean, whether it was opening night at Oklahoma or playing in front of 16,000 strong at Creighton, I mean, it was unbelievable the experiences our guys. And, you know, for any recruits listening, like you come play at CMU for Coach Barbie, you're going to play in some of the best venues in the country. You're going to play against the best players, the best teams, the best programs in the country because that's what Coach Barbie's about. You know, he's going to put you in position where – you're going to be seen, you know, every, you know, if guys want to get to this level and become pros and, and what, how, you know, what, what better way to do that than to put yourself against the best of the best and give yourself that exposure. So on the flip side too, that also prepares your team for, to play in a conference like the Mac, which people consider the mini big 10 because of how physical and aggressive and talented the conference is. So I do think that overall the non-conference slate prepared us for the success we've been having and hopefully continue to have in the Mac. And, you know, look, we come out and, we lose to Buffalo that first game, and you know, obviously, I'm you know probably should have won that game. But one thing I will say is, well, two things I'll say. One, this team has done a really, really, really good job bouncing back this year. Whether it was the setback to Buffalo, whether it was the setback to um, Ohio, or whether it was you know certain games in non-conference that we lost that we just kind of flipped the script and were able to get back on track. And the second thing is, you know, this is something I learned from Coach Barbie. Like he says, you know, in in this game, there's there's really no success, there's no failure, it's just learning. So 
that's something I give him a lot of credit as our leader. Like we show up the next day, regardless of the result and we're hunting and chasing, you know, that's, that's something that he talks about a lot. We're hunting and chasing. We're trying to approach it the same way every single day, regardless of circumstances. We try to have the same attitude and the pulse of this team right now, it's phenomenal. I mean, we've gotten better every single day. I feel like we just finished a great practice. We've been stacking up really, really good days and you know, on today's landscape of college basketball, when you get 10, 10, 10 new players, you got a brutal non-conference schedule. It's probably not going to happen right away. But if you stick to the process, you hunt and chase, you attack every day the right way, you know, this is the result that you, 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 you could get. And, and the last key is guys buying in, guys buying into the mission. And one thing that uh, I heard Anthony Pritchard say in, in his interview the other day, he said, um, guys stuck to the mission of, of it, you know, if it was a couple games ago, we were, we were struggling a little bit at Kent state down 16, three. So they asked him, what, what was the turning point? He said, we just, we just stuck to the mission. That's something coach talks about all the time. Like we, we, we have a mission. We're on this March to March and, and everybody's on the same page right now and, and, and we're heading in the right direction. So it feels really good. The growth within just the season has been remarkable. I mean, you and I spoke earlier in the year and you mm -hmm. said the key has been, if we're in the game after the, the the first media timeout, we're undefeated in yep. those games. And you talk about Kent State, you're down, what, 19-4 or something yeah. like that. You find a way to win. So facing that adversity and growing has been amazing to watch. And just their connectivity, the defense, all of these areas have just vastly improved. Yep, yep, yep. You know, first thing I'll say on that is our overalls at group, we've, we've began to handle hard better. We've began to deal with adversity better. We've began to help, you know, use that adversity to help make us better as games go on, as days go on, as weeks go on. So that Cat State game, you know, not only was it the first time we kind of bounced back from a situation like the first four minutes, it was the first time we won a game all year we were trailing at halftime. You know, we came out in the second half and it didn't matter. We played it like it was 0-0 and we went and we punched them in the mouth and we, we did what we had to do. So the growth from that aspect, I think it's 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 coming because the guys are – not only trusting the process and, and believing in what, what we're selling as a coaching staff, but they're also starting to believe in each other. You know, also starting to have more confidence in each other, and you could see it by the way we're shooting the ball, by the way we're sharing the ball, by the way we're defending and talking out there. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's fun to coach a group like this. It's really fun to coach a group like this because we don't really have guys who are worried about their stats or getting theirs or anything like that. Man, these guys want dubs. And if you see the locker room and the atmosphere after we win some of these games, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, guys that, you know, whether it's Anthony Pritchard who played 38 minutes or 34 minutes the other day or somebody who played zero minutes, I mean, they're coming in and they're all happy and they're all on the same level of, of you know, we're in this together and we're on a mission and, you know, we want to be the best version of ourselves in March and, and, and uh, you know, we, we believe in the mission. I've started tabbing you Niz the Wiz because uh, every time pregame, you got all the nuggets, whether it's the scouting report on that team, whether you knowing the streak of the last time CMU has beaten this opponent or the last time CMU has won in that gym. You know your basketball history. How much did you know about Central Michigan when you got this job? You know, I I, uh, I I knew quite a bit about Central Michigan, just, you know, living in Michigan and being in Michigan and my whole life and being around the basketball scene in the last 12, 13 years, um, you know, obviously, you know, when I was a youngster, I, I still remember I was 10 years old the last time Central Michigan went to the NCAA tournament, and I remember seeing it and uh, all the toilet paper tosses over the years and just the rivalry games and watching CMU when they'd come down and play down in our in our area against Eastern and, um, you know, knowing players in, that played in my area of high school basketball who came and played at CMU and played against CMU, so... 
you know, it's it's uh it's 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 a cool place, man. It's a cool place. And I'm just looking at that picture behind the uh behind you with the toilet paper towels gets me excited and Brian Taylor with that shot for February seventeen. But you know, I will say this about CMU. I mean, whether it was the Kent State game or the Toledo game, like it, we showed, the students showed, the community showed. This, I mean, it was unbelievable in there, and 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 they show what a you know, Adam. We talk about like what a home court advantage this place could be, man. And I felt like they got us over the hump against Kent State. They got us over the hump against Toledo, and just you know, can hope to continue to see the student section and and, and the CMU faithful out to support this team because. I will say this to everybody out there listening that's a CMU fan, man. This team works. They do it the right way. Uh, they're good in the classroom. They're good in the community. You know, everybody just has great things about them. Like, come support these guys, man. They really deserve it. Yeah, and the atmosphere has helped you guys get off to a 5-2 and two start at home. You mentioned being young the last time CMU went to the NCAA tournament. 2003, they beat Creighton. It was in March. Uh, Aiden Rubio was born the next month, April <laughs> 2003. Just the point, yep. a lot of these guys weren't even alive the last time CMU got to the tournament. Uh, you've got one regular season championship that this program got in 2015. How much do you just kind of salivate at the opportunity to try and bring CMU back to the top and, and kind of – make sure the guys are aware of the history of yeah. what they could potentially do to swing this thing around. Yeah, you know, not to be cliche on you, but every time I start to get that thought or salivate, it's like I gotta, I remind myself it's, it's just about today, right? It's about what could you do today to put yourself in that in that position to do that. And, uh, you know, that starts about, you know, making sure our guys are ready to perform at a high level every time we go out and having great practices and great film sessions and great and great scouting self, uh, no, scouting reports and, you know, everything that goes into the preparation part of it. But, man, I mean, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, Coach Barbie came here with a plan. He came here with he came here with a goal and he came here with a plan. And, and you know, now we're in the process, in, in year three, we're in the process of trying to execute it every day. I'm going to give you one thing, one thing that Tony Barbie has taught you, just one thing that sticks out to you in your time from when you started working with him that you said, man, he has made me a better coach in this way, no doubt about it. Accountability. You know, accountability, and, and and it's 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 not just from a um, on the court standpoint. You know, when these play, when these student athletes, when they come to CMU, Coach Barbie's not, you know, focused on not only what they're going to do for the next four. Coach Barbie's trying to use the next four to set you up for the next forty. So I think always just having the bigger picture in mind and just knowing that everything that we teach these guys, basketball wise, has a direct relation to life. You know, I've I've always believed in that as a young coach, but just being around coach like it, he reemphasized it and just seeing his relationships with his former guys that played for him 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I'm starting to make him sound old, but you know, he's, <laughs> been in the, he's been in the game for a while. So just that, that, that connection to the guys, that accountability, that respect factor that, you know, those, these guys understand that, hey, this guy has our best interests in mind. So I think as a coach, when your players know you have their best interests in mind and it's not just about what you do wearing a CMU jersey, the real relations start the real relationship is about the next 40 50 years and helping you propel and get you know get where you want to be and accomplish your goals in life so that's something that um you know I, I i take away from him because i mean the guy's one of the smartest basketball minds i've ever been around in my life if not the smartest but it that's basketball part right this is the part where you see where the impact that he really has on these guys and how long it really lasts did you have a coach that you looked up to when you were growing up or Someone you watched on TV, maybe it was a high school coach when you were playing, or anybody that you really emulated as you kind of build your own coaching tree now. Yeah, you know, it, 
first off, I mean, like, for example, my high school coach, Coach Abu Hassan, he was a young coach when I started playing for him, and he was, you know, he was phenomenal. He taught us what working hard really looked like. He put us in position to play with all the top-ranked Romuluses and cast techs of, of the world, and he really taught us what, what playing the right way and working hard and how to, you know, how to really build a program and, and, and do things from that standpoint. So I always really looked up for him, and then, you know, all the great coaches around the state of Michigan, whether it's John Jokai, uh, Coach Negotian, Walid Samaha, Pat Donnelly. I mean, there's so many great coaches in the state that coming up, you just watch and you steal nuggets from here and here and here. And for me, you know, uh, growing up in Dearborn, like, you know, my first five, six, seven years of coaching, I was I was fortunate because John, a guy named John Beeline was the head coach of the University of Michigan, and his practices were always open. Uh, were always open. So, my first five, six years coaching, I probably was at two practices a week up in Michigan. And I still have stacks and stacks and stacks of notes that, you know, watching, like that's where, where I learned the, the details of it, you know, and how meticulous he was and, and stuff like that. So I love Coach Beeline, you know, from the outside looking in. But from the inside, I you know, my high school coach and just, just, just a great group of mentors around the state that uh, took me under their wing. And, and to this day, you know, I – some of the best coaches in the world are high school coaches and small college coaches. Nobody realizes that, but some of those guys are just really good, but they chose to coach at that level. That was their desire. That was their passion. So, you know, from Coach Beeline to all the high school coaches I've been blessed to be around, it's, it's uh, like I said, it's been so fortunate. Similar situation, too, of Coach Beeline having to turn around that Michigan program, same type of way you guys are trying to get Central Michigan's gears turning right back in the, in the correct direction. Yep, absolutely. All right, so listen, the, the game against Ohio, it, uh, it it was your second conference loss, so the result wasn't what we wanted, but it was before the game during shoot-around that we got to focus on. <laughs> uh, there's half-court shots that go up before shoot-around. Yeah. So can you tell us the system of the half-court shots and, and what happened on that fateful morning in Athens? <laughs> so so we have a thing, where Coach Barbie, we have a thing in our program where at the end of shoot-around, everybody shoots a half-court shot until we make it, and the coaches go first, and then, then the players go. Uh, and I used to do it as a head coach the last six, seven years. So I was pretty familiar and had a lot of practice under my belt. So, you know, w went up there, tried, tried to aim straight, tried, you know, no left, no right, tried to go dead center and let it fly. And a as I'm watching it in the air, I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be good. And I was turned left, and all I see is Hunter Harding and Brian Taylor grab me and throw <laughs> me in the air. So, you know, it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was a great feeling. Now, in those situations, I don't really want to make it because I want a player to make it. So just in case we need, to, we, need, we need to heave, somebody got that rep and saw it go in. But, you know, it's a fun little, it's a fun little uh, tradition. And I know Coach Barbie's hit a few of those in his, in his heyday at Kentucky. And, uh, he's, you know, I don't know if he's got the strength anymore, but he's hit a few before. Go catch uh, Coach Niz on X, and uh, you, you can see that full half-court shot there in its glory. That was, uh, that was pretty cool to watch. As we wrap up here, um, two more questions for you. One, just what you're looking to see from this group as you get through the rest of January, the entire month of February, and push towards the march to march, as you mentioned. Yeah, just uh, you know, continued growth on a on, on on a daily basis. You know, there's still we still have 30, 40 percent, you know, individually, collectively, where we can just keep getting better in in, in a variety of different areas, and just kind of chasing and hunting that. Uh, you know, just getting better at everything, you know, and all, you know, it's just consistent consistency, execution, um, you know, putting more bullets in the chamber every single day, just the way we're attacking certain teams and what we're taking away and stuff like that. Uh, we've been continuing to get better in scouting report discipline and, and, and you know, how we're going to go and attack teams and, and what we're going to take away when we play certain opponents and, 
certain styles of play. So just growing our, our, our IQ and, and, and growing all those things because at the end of the day, our, our number one goal is to get to Cleveland, but more so than that, be the best version that we could possibly be when we get to Cleveland to give ourselves a chance to do something special. Um, you know, obviously everybody wants to win a MAC regular season uh, championship, and if that happens, great. You know, obviously it's something we're aspiring to do on a daily basis, but we get to Cleveland and we're playing the best best basketball we've played all year for three straight days, one possession at a time, and, you know, maybe something magical happens for us if we do it the right way. What do you think about Mount Pleasant and, like, the community as you get up here? Aiden said, listen, there's not a ton to do, but it's a good little spot. I mean, yeah. what do you what do you think about it so far? You know, cool cool, cool little town, cool little town. You know, um, uh, I like the – I like first of all, I like, the, I like the way people treat each other. You know, it's, it's, it's very family-oriented. You know, most people know each other, especially within the – the CMU community. Um, I like the, um, you know, I like the fact that we're, we're, we're on an Indian reservation and there's, there's culture and there's tradition and there's history behind that. And it's something that I've tried to, you know, we've taken our team down there to the uh, museum just to learn about some of those things. So it's something I've tried to learn more about now that I'm living here. Um, but in regards to the community and CMU, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool, man. These people love their sports. They, 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 they take pride in being a, being a Chippewa. And, uh, you know, it's something that I, I, you know, I, I'm trying to become a Chippewa by giving this place my blood, sweat, and tears every single day by just giving it your all. And, um, you know, so it, 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 it's pretty cool. It's a lot different than Metro Detroit, but that's kind of what makes it unique. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mind um, being up here and not having the Pistons and the Tigers and the Lions to compete with because, hey, this is the best show in town now. Come on, come check us out. Uh, so that part of it makes it unique. And, uh, you know, overall, it's a, it's, it's, it's a cool little town. And tell Aiden that's better for him. He can spend more time in the gym getting shots up. <laughs> that's right. From the 313 to the 989, well, you said it, the only show in town. Your chance now, as you guys have, let's see here, Miami, Northern Illinois, you've got Bowling Green, Western, Ball State, Eastern Michigan, six or seven more home games. Why should these students, why should these community members come check your team out you know I'm a, I'm a true believer whether it's life or basketball you know just speaking on basketball right now what, what's done in the dark will always come to light and I see how hard these guys are working whether it's practice or whether they're coming in on their own and getting work in or you know just how focused they are to the grind and how focused they are to understanding that hey look we're never ever going to be perfect but our goal and our job and what we're trying to do is to tr we're trying to close the gap between us and perfection every single day. And as we're nearing that, and like we talked about our process as a team, that march to march, like we're an exciting basketball club to watch. These guys are really, really high-character dudes. And, you know, Coach talked about this in the postgame uh, last game. Like when you have a locker room, and this is my message to the fans, when you have a locker room full of guys that are high-character people first and foremost – and they just so happen to be some really talented basketball players. There's where something special is brewing. And that's what I felt we had at Macomb last year, and that played into our success, just those high-character guys. This is a high-character group that just so happens to be really good at basketball. Good things are in, 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 in the air. Come support us. Come watch these guys. Uh, number one, you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. You're going to see some high-level competitive MAC basketball, one of the best mid-major conferences in the country. Number two... You're gonna help us win, and, and 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 Coach Barbie said this on his video with Greg the other day. You guys are just as important as our starting point guard and our starting center. We need you to pack McGurk, not just for the Western game, but every single night. Pack McGurk, come have some fun and come help us win some ball games.
I'm sold, man. I'll be there. I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> I know you will. Well, thanks so much for your time. Uh, we're doing this the the night before a game. I know you're a busy man, but uh, you're the best. Niz the whiz, always. Appreciate you, forever, man. Thanks so much for, for coming up to Central Michigan and being a part of this program. It's been fun to watch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we're, 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 uh, we're fortunate here because our voice is better than their voice. So. That's right. <laughs> awesome to talk to both Aiden Rubio and Coach Niz. Real fun to hear the story of, of Aiden. I mean, not many – Individuals have the opportunity to play both D1 basketball or football, and he was great at both growing up and decided to go with his heart. And basketball is where he's landed, and Central Michigan happy to have him transferring in from Macomb Community College. And same thing for Coach Niz. I mean, a guy that's been a head coach at multiple stops. He's a young, bright mind. He's got great connections in the city of Detroit, which is a basketball-rich city with a ton of talent, and he certainly brings a lot coaching wise to this team and it was fun listening to each of them talk about the unselfishness and just the want to win from this group that seems to be a key they all want to win no matter how it happens and um, so far they've really showcased that off to a nine and nine start after a brutal non-conference schedule and they are now four and two in Mac play with an opportunity tonight hosting Miami and then they will head to Western Michigan on Saturday. Now, for the Central Michigan women, they also are home this week, so you got a chance to come see the men tonight. The women tomorrow host Ohio at 7 o'clock. The Chippewas just picked up win at Chicago State on Sunday, and then the women will host Western Michigan on Saturday as well. So it's a double dip of rivalry basketball. You go to Kalamazoo, you can watch the Central Michigan men take on the Broncos, or you can stay right here in Mount Pleasant and watch the Chippewa women take on the Broncos. Either way, come on out to McGurk Arena, support these basketball teams, brave the snow and the weather and the roads, most importantly. Come on in and, and fill up McGurk and see what these two teams have to offer. We appreciate you listening. Certainly hope you have a great rest of your week. And, of course, fire up chips.